Well, good morning, church. I'm so glad that you are worshiping with us. Why don't you take your Bibles and go with me to Galatians, Galatians chapter 5. We're starting a new series today. We've been trying to cast this vision of being a growing church, and, and we just want to see the Spirit of God at work in us, in us, and our, and our biggest desire. This is the thing that we're going for, is that we want to be more like Jesus. Like, that's what we want for our church. In fact, I was encouraged by this um, quote from Aaron Menikoff. He said this, A successful ministry isn't proved by the number of saints baptized, leaders raised, missionaries sent, or churches planted. These statistics are in the hands of a holy God. A successful ministry, however large or small, is bursting with the precious, sweet, and nourishing fruit of the Spirit. And so from now until Christmas, we are going to be looking at spiritual fruit, looking at the fruit that the Spirit produces in our hearts and what comes out and what we say and our words and our actions and our reactions and our attitudes as we grow to be more like Jesus. And if we're going to grow as a church, this means that each one of us needs to grow spiritually. And this is deeply personal for me because I'm, I'm like, God's doing a work in my heart too. And I want to grow and I want to be more like Jesus. In fact, even this week, I, I was having those reminders of areas in my life where it, it's very obvious, like I need to grow, like uh, the, areas like self-righteousness and, and pride and, and, and uh, relying on myself instead of relying on the spirit. I'm realizing, man, that's just, that's like ugly. I don't want that in my life. And uh, it's not okay to just let those things kind of fester and, and go unchecked. And it's so dangerous. And, and I want to grow and be more like Jesus. I want that to be happening constantly in my life, and I know you want that too. And so as we're uh, looking at the character of Jesus and what his spirit produces in us, I think this is going to be necessary for us if we're really going to grow. And, and honestly, this is one of the reasons why um, I wanted to be a pastor is because I saw how the power of the word of God can change people's lives, that the spirit of God uses this book and he really does change people. And so, so as we get into this series, um, at times... And it's probably going to get uncomfortable for you and for me. And, and, and it's going to unearth the evidence of sin in our lives. And, and we're going to realize that we have specific things that we need to repent of. And the goal every week as we do this, we're opening up the scriptures, is really that we would examine our own hearts. That we would do what, what Psalm 139 says, that, that we would pray, Lord, search me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Like, Lord, I'm just, I want to open up my life. I want to, I want to lay my heart out on the operating table and let you dig in and, and show me my sin. And, 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 you know, based on my personal track record, I just have no uh, doubt that God is uh, going to find some things in there. He's probably not going to have a hard time finding some areas that I need to really grow in. It's probably going to be the same for you. And I realize that um, dealing with sin can be a kind of a scary thing. Like, uh, that's hard and that's uncomfortable and, and, and we'd rather just avoid that. But, but, but can I just encourage you? Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says it's God's kindness that's meant to lead us to repentance. 
Like, yes, God is holy. Yes, he's just. Yes, he wants us to obey. And so he's going to address the sin in our hearts. But it's because he's kind. And Psalm 103 reminds us that he is merciful and gracious even when we don't deserve it. He is slow to anger. Like, he doesn't just get ticked off. He's not uh, easily uh, angered. He, he, he's, he's patient with us. And he's abounding in steadfast love. Like, no matter what we've done, like, like it, it, it's, it's not going to change the fact that he loves us. We don't have to earn it. We cannot lose it. Just praise God for his grace there. He does not deal with us according to our sins for as far as the east is from the west so far does he remove our transgressions from us that's the power that he has to overcome the sin that's in our lives and he shows compassion on those who fear him what what i'm trying to encourage you is is this you can open up your heart and ask him to go to work because you can trust him and it may be more incremental than immediate. These things are going to take time, but man, how sweet would it be if God would dig up the sin that's still rooted in our lives and in our hearts and get rid of it and clean us out and and make us pure. If God would work in us to produce uh, new fruit so that we look more like Jesus, sign me up for that this season. That's that's what we want to be a part of. That's the kind of growing church uh, that we want to be, is experiencing this spiritual fruit. So in order to grow in spiritual fruit and the, the things that we want to see happening in our lives, the, uh, the Word of God is going to tell us that we need to be walking by the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit. In fact, here's, here's the big idea that I want you to see before we uh, jump into Galatians chapter 5 today. It's this. Follow the Spirit to avoid the flesh and grow in the fruit of godliness. Follow the Spirit to avoid the flesh and grow in the fruit of godliness. Why don't you uh, look at your Bibles here. Let me show this to you in uh, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I'm starting in verse 16. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. He says this, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before... That those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So I want us to kind of 
take that big idea and, and let's just kind of break that down into uh, two separate parts and, and get some exhortation and encouragement. So let's look at the, the first part of that. The first part of this is that we would follow the Spirit to avoid the flesh. Follow the Spirit to avoid the flesh. He says, verse 16, I want you to walk by the Spirit. The word walk there really is talking about how you live. It's your conduct. Now you've heard us say this so many times before that you're Walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Like it's one thing to say it, uh, it's way more important that you live it. It's what you do, it's the way that you walk. How you live matters. First John chapter 2 says, Whoever says that he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walks. So if you're going to say it, you better believe it. You want to be like Jesus. Now let's make sure that we get our theology clear on this. We are not saved by what we do, but by what Jesus has done for us. And we put our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross on our behalf. He died for us and therefore we are saved by his grace through our faith in him. But those of us who are saved, we live differently now. James chapter 2 tells us that we demonstrate that the faith that we have in Christ is real by the way that we live. That we are going to obey the Lord. And what he's trying to help us understand here in Galatians chapter 5 is that that doesn't happen apart from the work of the Spirit in us. He says, I want you to walk by the Spirit. I want you to be filled with the Spirit. I want you to be controlled by the Spirit. I want you to be led by the Spirit. So let me quickly, let me just give you kind of an overview of uh, the Spirit's work in our lives. you got to understand uh, how, how uh, this really works and, and, and why we're so thankful for what the Spirit of God is doing in us. First of all, the Spirit gives life in John chapter 6. Jesus is the Spirit is the one who gives life. And God is the one who is at work in us, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. So He's the one that gives us the desires so that we would want to obey Him. As He's saying in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. The Spirit does that work in us. And the Spirit is the one who teaches us His Word. John 16, He said He sent the Spirit so that the Spirit would guide us into all truth. And He does that as He's bringing up uh, the teachings of the Word of God. And in it, He is glorifying Jesus. And as we see the glory of Christ on display in the pages of the Bible, He is transforming us into His image, He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. So, so another way that I've heard this said is that the Spirit of God uses the Word of God to transform the men and women of God into the image of God, that He's going to make us more like Jesus Christ. That's the work of the Spirit that He's doing in us. And, and, and the Spirit also helps us pray in the will of God. Sometimes we don't even know what to pray for, but the Spirit is helping us in that in Romans 8.26 and Ephesians 6.18. And the Spirit also fills us, and when He does, we're able to encourage one another, and we're able to worship Christ, that we would sing with, with making melody uh, to the Lord with our heart. That's what happens when we are controlled, when we are filled with the Spirit. And the Spirit is also the one who enables us to obey and to grow in sanctification, to become more mature, to become more like Christ. He helps us 
put sin to death in Romans 8.13. He's the one who helps us say no to ungodliness in Titus 2 uh, verse 12. And we are gifted and we are empowered by the Spirit to serve the body of Christ and build up uh, the body in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And he also gives us the power that we need in order to be his witnesses and to live sent and get the gospel out. Acts 1.8. Look, what I'm trying to help you understand is that we are not going to grow and live in obedience to God's commands without God's spirit who's at work in our lives. Man, we need him. And so he's saying, I want you to walk by the spirit. Let the Spirit lead. Let the Spirit take the lead. Let, let Him be the one who is empowering you to live differently. Letting the Spirit lead uh, uh, means that you're not just rushing out the door like, okay, God, like, I, like at, the, at the beginning of the day, like, man, man, God, I've got a lot of things to do today, so try to keep up with me, all right? No, no, no. W letting Him lead means I stop at the door and I say, Lord, you go first. I'm following your lead today. I want to go where you want me to go. I, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to respond how you want me to respond. Like, I can't, I can't do this without you. I need you. I can't do it on my own. And so he's saying, you can't, you can't obey unless you're walking by the Spirit. And you can't walk by the Spirit and let Him lead if you're not thinking about what the Spirit wants. Romans 8 verse 5 tells us that, that those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And you can't set your mind on the things of the Spirit unless you're renewing your mind, Romans 12, by reading your Bible. So you can't follow His lead without getting into His Word. Like, we, we, if we just rush out the door without prayerfully reading God's word, then we're really living in self-reliance as if we don't really need him. But growing and maturing believers who want to walk by the Spirit, they don't trust themselves to figure it out. They, they open up the book and they let him show us what he wants, and then, and then we ask him to fill us and empower us to, to live out what he's saying to us. We're just acknowledging, God, I need you in this. I, I see it. I, I want to live this way, and I can't do it on my own. I need you to do this. I want you to produce this in me, and I want to follow. Empower me. Help me to obey you. And, and I love what he's saying here. Notice, this is a promise. This is a promise. He says, if you are walking by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I got to tell you, that is awesome news for anybody who's ever gotten sick and tired of dealing with the sin in their lives. You ever felt that? Man, like, like, like you, you get to this point, if you've ever felt this, where you're just like, man, I hate this. I don't want to do this anymore. I, I don't, I don't want to be caught in this. I, I don't want to be trapped in this sin anymore. Man, I don't, I don't want to snap at people when, when I don't get my way. I, I, I don't want to hurt people with my words. I, I don't want to keep talking about people behind their backs. 
I don't want to just lie to make myself look better. I don't, I don't want to give in to temptation. I, I don't want to keep looking at pornography. I don't want to keep getting drunk. I don't want to waste my time on selfish pursuits. I don't want to be trapped in bitterness and anger when I've been hurt. And I don't want to be burdened by my unwillingness to forgive and just hold grudges. Like, I, this is no way to live. And I don't want to do this anymore. But man, it feels like I can't get out of it. Actually, he says, verse 17, he says, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and vice versa. For they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. What he's saying is, as a believer, as someone who wants to follow Christ, like we want to please him. But man, it's a struggle, isn't it? Sometimes we just feel like, I can't do it. And Paul said that in Romans chapter 7 in this really famous section of scripture where he's just being brutally honest about this struggle that we all feel at times when, when we know we we want to please God but we've got these other desires then and, and it's like wrestling inside of us Paul says this I I do not even understand my own actions for I do not do what I want but I do the very thing I hate I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Man, you ever felt like that? I want to please God. So why do I keep giving in to the opposite desire for sin? And then verse 19 and 20 here, he, he kind of lists out these sins to, to, to consider. Uh, and, and he says these are, the, these are the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh are evident. Or the NIV says the works of the flesh are obvious. And here's all these sins. And, and, and this list of sins is not exhaustive. This isn't like, that's it. Like, those are the only sins you have to deal with. In fact, that's why he says things like these. Like, we could add a whole lot more to it. But all of these are terrible. These are the things that our flesh wants to do. Left to itself, this is the way our flesh goes. And the reason for this is because even though we've been saved from the penalty of sin and even the power of sin, we've not yet been delivered from the presence of sin when that day is coming. And so we still have this sinful nature right now. One day, one day, that's going to be a done away with completely forever in glory. And we're like longing for that day. But right now, we're still wrestling with these fleshly desires. Now, let me just encourage you for a minute. Like, if the fact that you don't want that anymore and that you're wrestling against it, that's evidence that you really do belong to Christ. You wouldn't even have those desires if he hadn't given you a new heart. But we're, we're wrestling with the sin. We, we, we want to have victory in the battle over that sin. In fact, 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 9 tells us that no one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't ever commit a sin as a Christian. We will. But it does mean that true believers, those who really are children of God, won't just keep on sinning. Like, like we're going to be sensitive to our sin and willing to, to confess it and to repent of that, and over time, 
we're going to see more and more victory over that. And, and the good news, the promise that we have is that if God has started a good work in us, he's going to finish it. He's going to bring that to completion. But when you see the evidence of the works of the flesh in your life, man, it, it's not time to downplay it. It's not time to sweep it under, under the rug. It's not time to make yourself feel better by comparing yourself to somebody else who looks worse than you are. It's not time to give excuses. It's not time to just give up and give in. When you see the evidence of the works of the flesh in your life, it's time to fight. Like, I don't want that anymore. If you say, I, I don't want to give in to this anymore, he's telling you, if you walk by the Spirit, you won't. You won't. So, so, so he says, verse 18, if, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And that's an argument that he's been making to help you understand. Under the law is referring to before Christ. Before Christ, you were a slave to sin. You couldn't have obeyed God even if you wanted to, and you didn't want to. But that's not who you are anymore. You are not a slave. You have been set free. You have a new heart. You have new desires. You have a new power that is alive in you. And as you renew your mind, his spirit is going to reveal to you the glory of Jesus Christ as you're reading the word of God. And he's going to transform you into his image to become more like him and empower you to have victory over sin and live in obedience. Man, church, like that, I want more of that. That's the kind of growth that we're talking about. It actually leads us to the, the second part of our big idea. The second part of our ideas, idea is that we would, we would grow in the fruit of godliness. That we would grow in the fruit of godliness. So he, he, he listed these, this, this uh, list of sins verses 19 through 21, and these are the, the works of the flesh. And now on the flip side, he wants to give you, here are the things that you get when you're walking by the Spirit. Here's what's going to come out, and he says, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I've shared this recently with you, but honestly, I, this has been my prayer for you lately. I've been praying. I, I know that this has been a crazy and challenging season, but I've been praying that you're not just going to react and respond like everybody else in the world. But, but that people would see this kind of fruit coming out of your life. There would be a noticeable difference in the way that you're living. That, that, that people would be wondering, like, how is she responding like that? How, how is he doing that? And it's the obvious evidence that the Spirit of God is at work in your life. Something's going on in here. Because there's new fruit coming out. But I want you to notice that the word fruit there is actually uh, singular, not plural. So, so it, it, it's not the fruits of the Spirit are, it, it's the fruit of the Spirit is. It's one fruit. And that one fruit is really what we might say like godliness or, or holiness. It's being like God. And 
on the list are all these characteristics of that and what comes out of someone who is godly. Now, uh, let me help you understand why that's significant. Uh, because it's not like a, uh, a bowl of fruit that you uh, just... Uh, can pick from, okay? Like, I, I realize that the fruit of the Spirit, this is one of the most popular metaphors in the Bible. Like, there's so many things uh, that, that we even have, like, uh, cheesy songs uh, about the fruit of the Spirit. You ever heard the song, like, the fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut? Fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut? I mean, that's so weird. Like, I don't even know why we did. But, 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 but this is one of those metaphors that we kind of run back to all the time in the Bible. And this is normally how we think about the fruit of the Spirit. That, that love would be, you know, love's like an apple. Or that joy is like a, a banana. And, and, and we've got all sorts of fruits. So, like, pick, pick one. I've got, I've got some oranges. I've got a mango. I've got a, an avocado, which I'm told is uh, a fruit. Apparently, you're going to have to fact check that one. But, but hey, man, take your pick. Like, what, what, what do you want? Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. If this was a bowl of chocolate, man, I would devour the entire thing. It would just be gone. I mean, a fruit is great. I love fruit, but I'm probably going to just pick one. And for me, I, um, I love apples. Apples are amazing. They taste great. But there's, there's like a scientific reason for this. I, I don't really know. But, but whenever I personally am, am eating an apple, uh, apples make my mouth and my tongue really, really itchy. And so for me, it's just not really worth it. I'm probably going to pick something else. And so what he's trying to help you understand is that the fruit of the Spirit is not a bowl of things that you can just pick and choose from. Like, like, like when I feel like, and I can randomly just pick one of these out that I really want to work on and act as if it's okay that I'm, you know, like lacking one or two of these, as long as I've got a few others. Or, or I avoid the ones that don't seem as important or don't seem uh, as worth the effort to me. Like I look at the list and I'm like, love. I love love. Like, that's cool. Patience, meh. kindness, all over that. Like, no, no, that's not, that's not the way it works. What he's saying is, someone who is godly looks like all of this. And who is the ultimate picture of godliness for us to follow? It's Jesus Christ. And so, the more you are becoming like Jesus, the more all of these characteristics are going to be true of you. So, so we can look at the list and say, man, like I've got some obvious areas that I need to grow. But look at verse 24. He says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Just, can I just encourage you? Jesus has already won the battle. What he's saying is you, you don't have to give into sin. Sin, it, it doesn't have power over you anymore. And the Spirit of God is going to be at work in you to make you more like Jesus. Jesus said in one of the most famous passages in the Bible, in John chapter 15, he said this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Are you growing in your love for Jesus? 
that's what the Spirit of God is going to do. He's going to show you the, the glory of Jesus as you're opening up the pages of Scripture, and He's going to transform you into His image to be more like Him so that you bear much fruit. Father God, would you just do that in our church family, that we want to be more and more like Jesus. All of these fruits, all of this, all of this characteristics, all of these virtues, we want them to be true of us. We want them to be increasingly more. And we just confess that we can't do this on our own. We need you. And so I pray that we would follow your lead and submit to you and spend time in your word, that you would renew our mind and you would transform us so that we live this out. Help us to grow and be more like Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.